One, one, two, three, five, eight, thirteen, twenty-one. Okay, I give up. The Fibonacci sequence. Bennett's formula, also known as the golden ratio. What are any of these? Would you balk at me if I told you they're how science defines beauty? Or that we even can scientifically define beauty? So what is beauty in nature? And how does it all revolve around the Fibonacci spiral and the golden ratio? Shanti's here as a representative of those of you with a naturally curious mind. And I am D.R. Cox, a scientist and researcher for the last decade in regenerative medicine, vaccines, and nanoparticles. And this is Breaking Bad Science. Break, 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 breaking <laughs> bad. <laughs> Fibonacci sequence. This, is, this one's new to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised you hadn't heard the term at all. Ha, you have not, correct? Nope, nope. But it sounds like a cool sequel to the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> I'm just It's not saying. quite the same thing. Um, what you've never heard of it at all? So what what do you what do you consider beauty then? Um, I mean, I don't know, Dan. Something that's beautiful, like if it's like a piece of artwork or something in nature, like something that looks cool. But how do if you define a... it, dude? I don't know. It's like a involuntary response. Interesting. So you you couldn't you couldn't look at something and say, "This is why I find this beautiful." You don't know. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to give me an example. I'm not good at the abstract on this type of stuff. I mean, so a person, like... right? So, um, let's say um, Jessica Simpson is an often given example. Okay. Do you find Jessica Simpson to be attractive? She's all right. Um, and specifically looking at facial features. I haven't seen a picture of Jessica Simpson in a while. Okay. I think she looks... But I, I think she's attractive, I want to say. So I don't know. Let me pull up a picture of her. You know what, Dan? Can you share your screen with a picture of Jessica Simpson? <laughs> I could probably pull one up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, okay. So there is – so there's reasons that, that this is the, the one that I bring up. But I just want you to see um, – I think, I think it's changed sort of over time, which is the problem. But let's go with that one. And okay. if I go there, there, and there, then you should be able to see sort of right next to where I have the images here, should be able to see this one here, which is sort of the okay. classic depiction of... I mean, she, she has big eyes. Mm -hmm. um, she's got kind of like these slend a slender jaw and high cheeks. Okay. Um... Can you pull up the? Can you click on the one in the brown leather vest? Because I feel like that might give a better. Oh, she's always doing an angle, but I guess the angle helps. Um, she's got a petite nose, although that does look like plastic surgery. Um, <laughs> Could be. Yeah, and very clear skin. Her skin's pretty clear. Okay. Um, very white teeth. Um, I don't know. I mean, her brow isn't like super imposing. Uh, Okay, so from some of that, so essentially the, you know, when you dive into the details, things change. But your initial interpretation of, you know, when you first just glance at someone, it's a mm -hmm. mathematical calculation, effectively. So it starts with symmetry. So 
Um, if you have asymmetry in the face, it will. Wait, does that does that mean when I check out girls and stuff that I'm technically doing math? Correct. Yes. So that makes me a way more productive person than I thought I was. You are a better mathematician than you thought you were. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can only ever do one calculation repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the best at that one calculation. <laughs> That's right. So, um, when you, when you first sort of look at, at someone and, and you gauge that sort of attractiveness, you know, it comes down to several things. So the first is, um, the symmetry, right? You notice asymmetry very quickly. Um, the second is, uh, what's, what's effectively called baby face, um, which is the large eyes and, and things like that. So, so you did mention the large eyes and that is something that has an effect on how we gauge beauty. And, um, partially how we also gauge innocence, which, you know, sometimes is a thing that, um, people tend to find attractive as someone who looks like they're not, you know, they're, especially in this country when, you know, we've had such a historical sort of purity complex, right? Um, that leads to innocence. I mean, we being literally were started by the Puritans. Right. The word in there, pure. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is a, you know, a big part of, that um and so big eyes but but in general that sort of big eyes baby face thing is something that that people are drawn to and that's why you know babies evolved that way is because then you know the parents didn't kill them as often and uh nice. yeah unfortunately that's the reality <laughs> of the situation have you have you ever seen those memes where it's like um it, it says it states the year something was created and then like shows like the year before that and gives an interpretation of how people tried to cope without that invention um it might oh, be no. like it's like it'll be like cars invented in like not i don't know like 18 whatever and then it'll like 1880 eight and then it'll show 1879 it'll show someone like you know trying to ride like a buggy and, and carriage or something like that i'm like picturing that type of meme with like <laughs> like circ like bc you know four hundred thousand babies, babies became cute <laughs> and then bc four thousand four hundred thousand and one and then it shows just someone <laughs> stoning their baby to death so <laughs> like you ugly little <laughs> so i um, I believe the year you were looking for was either 1902 or 1904, actually. So later than you probably expected. We're talking um, about the cars, not when yes. babies develop baby face, right? <laughs> yes, correct. Because um, I was going to say, I mean, I know people tended to look a lot less attractive like 100 or 200 <laughs> years ago based on the pictures I've seen of them yeah. crying out loud. But yeah. Just, you know. No, okay, so th- um, but to add to that, there are species in which the babies are not a big concern and somewhere the um the mother will even throw their child at a predator to help them get away from said predator. <laughs> I don't remember what, what species, species that is. Do this? But it is a thing. Yeah. Can you imagine being a, like like going to hunt like a f- wild deer and suddenly just get hit in the face of the baby deer or something like like ah, what the heck was that? Yeah, uh, quokas, um, sacrifice their babies in order to escape predators. No effing way. Yeah, yeah, yep. Can you can you imagine getting hit in the face with a baby? Because <laughs> you're trying to you start attacking this creature and it just starts throwing children at you. 
I mean, if our babies had not evolved, you know, the big eyes and and looking super cute, that's, you know, where we would be. We would be baby tossing to escape things. um, An alternate universe where babies evolved to be more (laughs) easily thrown at predators. (laughs) (laughs) You basically, you still have some of the apex predators from the past. There's still saber tooth tigers because these things have just been well fed throughout time. And so they've always been able to eat. And so they survived yeah. throughout all of this. And there's just these just football babies at this point. That's a I weird universe. Um, but uh, yeah, Marvel, if you're listening, there's a there's a theory for your multiverse. That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> all right. So instead, we have, you know, symmetry. We have baby face. And then we have the Fibonacci sequence and the golden ratio. Um, nice. So. I'm going to go back here and um, kind of talk about this uh, site that I found first, um, which sort of talks about um, what is love and, you know, what are the things that we're attracted to. So, um, Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hurt me. No more. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, there is more to the overall attraction than just the initial view right and and that is sort of the what's the difference between love lust and like full-on attraction and attachment and it actually is it's very chemical right so how much do you know about the chemicals that inspire love and attraction and those types of things i did in my spanish learning i listened to an article about this but i forget what was what but i do know that um oxytocin has a lot to do with the early stages, I believe. No, crap, that's the later stages. It is, Never mind. Yeah. yeah, but but I know that in the earlier stages, we essentially, like, lose sleep and become super infatuated with somebody. Like, the chemical changes are like when you just start taking freaking drugs. Um, and as they develop, they, they become a little bit more chill. You know? Yeah, so the uh, it, it basically starts with... Um, Actually, testosterone and estrogen, um, mm. you know, from what we what we listened to or we talked about last week, uh, it, it really does start with just that reproductive um, uh, inspiration. So the uh, just like any other creature, any other species on the planet, we are driven to reproduce. It's part of our um, built in hormones. And that's where, you know, you can get people who are sort of asexual, not attracted to anybody at all and things like that is because they um they don't they're not as driven by those specific hormones and so that um or or at least during some point of their life they might be or for long periods of their life it's hard to say but they they're not driven by that testosterone or estrogen that that really drives that initial sort of lust which is you know you find somebody attractive and you know you are attracted to them so right. then once you are attracted to them and you start spending time, essentially, and you get, you know, you, there's more than just this um, physical attraction, it starts to be your release of dopamine. It's virtually the exact same effect as taking drugs, um, like you nice. mentioned. You're you're literally being around them to release dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin, basically all of the happy hormones. So if you find out that they suck as a person, is that like having a bad trip? (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, it it can be, but the difference is you don't start seeing them growing horns or you know uh, looking like hey, Slenderman. Speak for yourself. You're the one. <laughs> my dating life has been in the past. That's fair. I've heard some stories, so it is possible actually. Um, and then. Uh, finally, you reach this sort of long-term, or you can reach this sort of long-term attachment, which is more driven by oxytocin, which is what you you know you mentioned initially. Um, but yeah, so that it really is sort of entirely driven by those hormones and the idea that reproduction is sort of first, and then happiness comes completely after, right? At a, at a right. later stage. Nice. Say I you. like this little infographic here. Yeah, it's good. See, this is part of the reason I didn't want to share the screen as I'm doing all the research, because you would just get fascinated by reading stuff and looking at images. Well, listen, I'm still participating in the conversation, all right? <laughs> the friend zone! Yeah, nice. so they talk a little bit about the friend zone, because it's possible for two people to, or at least one person of a group of two, to bypass the first two steps and go straight to a long-term attachment, which is essentially a friendship. And even if they're not, even if they never had the first lust part of the situation, but they can still be sort of attracted to this person, it's just a long-term friendship. And it's almost entirely oxytocin-based. I see. Yeah. Uh, tough for some people out there. And there is, we don't have the... We probably don't have the chops to tell you guys how to not get friend zoned, unfortunately. Right. No, I uh, science can't. I don't know that science can even really tell you that because I bet you science can tell you how not to get friend zoned. It's pretty Come situationally on. based, right? But there's definitely going to be some psychology. There's, there's got to be some constants though, or some parallels. There's, yeah, there's got to be some constants there, like some principles that kind of just. You know, yeah. apply. There's there's for sure there's for sure gonna be some, you know, and, and some of it's gonna be very basic, right? The idea that um you can you should be able to tell when somebody is, you know, to the point where they're being driven by um testosterone or estrogen, and then, you know, also by that dopamine release, right? There's a very big difference between somebody who is very, very comfortable around you and you know um likes being around you versus somebody who is high on dopamine when they're around you and that i feel like is the biggest difference and i you have to be able to sort of distinguish between those two yeah um so one one of the other things this article really talks about is the idea that um similar to a to a drug you're releasing a lot of dopamine when you're around this these people so if something goes poorly you can enter a a pretty significant um sort of not withdrawal type symptom but but a um a desire for that dopamine that you're suddenly not getting right and that could be because of you know breaking up or you know adultery jealousy those types of things can have a um a huge impact you just, on you your just dopamine release cheating as adultery what is this like 1800, bro? What? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? What? I mean, I guess if you're not married, it's no, just cheating. no. Nobody catches their wife or husband cheating like you, adulterous woman or man. You they don't. How dare you? You've committed the seventh sin. They Arr. they don't they don't call him an adulterer. You adultering, Arr. adulterating like yeah, you, you, you adulterizer. Adulter 
Uh, I've been <laughs> adulterized. Uh, no. I'm I mean, sorry. People usually, people usually use more explicit terms. I All right. Well, cheating it is then. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So um, we, for this episode, just to sort of clarify, are really focusing on that first in- interaction, that first testosterone and estrogen fueled step that I just see this person and I find them attractive. And we're talking about the science behind that, right? I mean, we've, we've already talked about some of the science behind attraction and love and, and those types of things. And honestly, it's can get very boring. We're talking about that just initial, I saw this person and math told me that, that they're attractive, right? So how yeah. on earth does that work? <laughs> one plus one equals me and you. <laughs> I mean... Sort of. Yeah, I mean, Only you gotta it's ma- you. You gotta have math flavored pickup lines. Come on, dude. <laughs> I should. I really feel like I. I should have set myself up better for that. So instead, what we're talking about is if you take a line and you divide it into two portions, right? Yep. Those two portions you can label A and B. Now, okay. if A divided by B, where A is the larger portion is equal to A plus B divided by A, it's called the golden ratio. And it will always be a value of 1.618. What the heck? Yeah. Math. It's weird, man. So the golden ratio, it's called, it's 1.618. And there is, uh, and essentially the theory is that the golden ratio is what we define as beauty. Hey, girl, what a one point six one. However, I don't think you should go around telling somebody or you should use the pickup line that you are definitely a one point six. <laughs> I don't think that has the the desired effect just because it's not co- colloquially used well. <laughs> That's good. So um, just as a representative of this, when you talk about. um things that sort of uh define this so if um have you ever seen leonardo da vinci's sort of the crossed man the, um, the vitruvian from, man is that what it's called what the is vitruvian it man. yeah thruvian vitruvian vitruvian man that's right it is called that yeah i knew that oh. wow well done i actually when i say i knew that i mean i have known that at different times in my life and this was not one of them so yeah uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. It's um, sort of the ideal depiction of a human being. And from the... What? <laughs> As Shanti points at himself. So from the bottom of the feet to the navel, and then the navel to the top of the head. That's where, um, from a body shape proportion, we define the golden ratio. So if that um, larger portion, which would be the legs to the navel, is you know uh, the ratio between that and um, the navel to the top of the head is one point six. That's a perfectly proportioned human being, effectively. And so um, that is so. If you look at the Vitruvian Man, it's at one point five something. It's very, very close to that golden ratio, which is why it was so, it's so 
easy to look at and feels like a very, very well um, drawn human being. Yep. So um, that is the golden ratio. So the golden ratio is also based on the Fibonacci sequence or is um, associated with the Fibonacci sequence. So when we talk about the Fibonacci sequence, that is the list of numbers that that I gave you earlier. The 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, 55. So the idea there is that each number is derived by taking the previous two numbers and adding them together. So uh, originally, 0 wasn't part of the equation, but you can add 0. And if you add 0 and 1 together, you get 1. And then you add 1 and 1 together, you get 2. 2 and 1, you get 3. 3 and 2, you get 5. 5 and uh, 3, you get 8. And so that continues that way. That is the Fibonacci sequence. And it is, um, it, it, it's utilized in all sorts of different things. But when you um, create this spiral, that is, if you take arcs from a square and connect um, the the far there are two corners of of the square with an arc and then you continue to do that in smaller squares using the fibonacci sequence as far as the size of the squares so a 21 by 21 and then you use a 13 by 13 and then you use an 8 by 8 and you go down by this fibonacci sequence sizing you create this spiral that is effectively what we define as beauty in nature so have you ever seen the shells that are a spiral in, yeah. you know, like crab shells or hermit crab shells, right? Yep, yep. They match the Fibonacci spiral exactly. That's yeah. kind of cool. And, and, and those are a type, you know, those are one of those things that people are like, man, this is a very pretty shell, you know, in nature. It's just something you find beautiful. Yeah, that's what it is. It is, it's the Fibonacci spiral. And you can find that in all sorts of different things in nature. I mean, if you type Fibonacci spiral, nature you're gonna find all sorts of cool stuff all right let's 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 see this fibonacci spiral in nature so here you go so here are just a, a bunch of images can you still see my screen yep yep still yeah see so screen. all of these are based on the fibonacci spiral right i guess galaxies i mean now that you, yeah I, you know i'm a total nerd for astrophysics for astrophysics yeah yep so there's some uh, I mean, even an egg can be defined in the Fibonacci spiral. It's it's crazy how um, inspired by this sequence nature really is. And then especially what we tend to find beautiful in nature, right? It's kind of nifty. So how does that translate to looking at somebody and saying, man, I find them attractive, right? Because Well, clearly you have to use a filter that turns your face into a spiral. <laughs> It would not work because it's not the same thing. It's all about the golden ratio, right? So this ratio itself is essentially um, what 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 you do mathematically is basically define parameters of, you know, this distance to this distance. You know, maybe it's like forehead size versus the rest of the face, things like that. So there are parameters that you can set to say, is this versus this you know the sort of forehead to i don't remember if it's i think it's the forehead to the bottom of the chin what is that sizing and how does it relate to the um the golden ratio you know maybe size of the nose or width of the nose compared to the rest of the face 
How does that compare to the golden ratio? And so you can take all of these things and you can actually compare a person's face to the golden ratio and see at to a mask defined by the golden ratio and see how it fits over their face. Damn. So um, when you do this with Jessica Simpson. Do you have a crush on Jessica Simpson? Or no, no, no. It's just this is the this is the image that people use to def, uh, define this characteristic, because as you can see, if you um, in this image, if you put her face into this sort of mask defined by what would mathematically be the definition of beauty, it's nearly a perfect fit. The distance to her lips, to her chin, the size of the nose, as far as width, the spacing of the eyes, the distance of the eyes um, from the top of the head. All of those things fit very perfectly for her. So that is like somebody that's just been used in the, you know, in the past couple decades or whatever, or decade, however long she's been, you know, so famous. Um, her face has been used as this sort of representative because it's very easy to fit her face to this mask that is defined by the golden ratio. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Now, didn't we do this golden ratio <laughs> test ourselves? I uh, Pretty sure that my results were awesome. <laughs> so there is a website that I found um, that really talks about this golden ratio and how it defines beauty. Um, and I'll put the link into um, the episode, episode description in case you want to try, you know, people want to try it out. You just need a URL of um, uh, a, picture a picture of, of you. Face. And so I did this and I fit my face to a mask. And I got to say, it fits all right. I mean, my my angle's a little bit to the side, so that, that doesn't help. But um, the spacing of my eyes look good. Eyebrow location looks good. Kind of distance between top of the head to chin. Lips placement is pretty good. But width of face and nose width are probably the largest problem. I, I definitely have a big nose, and I got a big fat face, it looks like. I think it looks like you do that. The big fat face though, might be fixed by the angle size of the nose. Not going to be fixed by the angle. That's, that's just the case. Let's look at my food. Let's look at not Fibonacci. My golden. Ratio. I feel like, I, I feel like you're not appreciating the rest of this Shanti as we're discussing other people. I, you know, Dan, you look great. <laughs> I love it, but I'm more excited about the most important person in my world. Which so is <laughs> I did also, fit this to an image of Shanti. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm a little upset about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it is. Holy shit. my friends. That is scarily perfect. Yeah, that is flawless. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, so <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that you are attractive, but as it turns out, math confirms that. So, um, the, <laughs> we can, we can probably post this picture to the Instagram or something, but yeah, this is, uh, I don't know for anybody who's ever played Borderlands where they get that sort of, um, the textures from the drawings sort of just, um, go around the curvatures of the face. That's what it looks like when you fit this mask to Shanti's face. It is virtually perfect. I mean, I, I, I can't point to something that I would say needs to be adjusted. Um, and, it, and it's the only time I've looked at one of these sort of masks and not felt like the mask um, 
like the mask kind of blends into the face. Like it looks like he's just drawn it on him a little bit. It's ridiculous. So nice. So mathematically, I'm hot AF. For those of you who listen to the podcast simply because you like Shanti, uh, I, I get it. Math gets it. Basically, basically, if you like math, you now have a crush on me. It doesn't even matter. It just is what it is. Do you believe in math? Mathematician? Do you believe Even like in doing math? one plus one every now and again? Do you even count with your fingers? Yeah, you probably like me. Go with it. Oh, man. So, um, fortunately, as we've been talking about this, the size of Shanti's head has increased significantly, and I think that that may actually change this ratio, so it might not be so bad in the near future. Dude, I am. Wow, man. So I am the golden ratio, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So, while people normally use Jessica Simpson in this case, I, I do think that there is justification here for adjusting it to Shanti instead, because I actually don't believe Jessica Simpson's face fits as well as Shanti's does. It's yeah. Very sad for me. (laughs) You know, I'm just saying. So yeah, uh, this whole thing is super fascinating to me. The idea that we actually have a sequence that we understand and a mathematical calculation that we understand can truly define what we as humans find as beauty is to me just mind boggling. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. How, how did they come up with this? I mean, is this, I mean, I guess questions like how the heck do you even test something like this to ensure it's valid? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, apparently the Fibonacci sequence appears in Indian mathematics in connection with, Sanskrit prosody. I don't know what that is. My name Um, is an Indian name from ancient Sanskrit language. So that checks out as to why I am the pinnacle of beauty. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, you better be careful, man. I don't think your head's fitting through that door on your way out anymore. (laughs) So um, I think these sorts of things were really sort of well understood for a while um but it wasn't actually defined as the fibonacci sequence until um i assume a guy named fibonacci um Mm -hmm. but that doesn't appear to be in i'm just looking at the basic wiki at this point um there's a lot of information in it a lot of things i didn't go into and i'm not going to go into um, because it's definitely not relevant. But if you are fascinated by the beauty um, of nature, uh, the Fib- looking into the Fibonacci sequence and, and how it relates to all of that, it really is just an absolutely fascinating read. Um, I think there are some really good books on the ideas of the Fibonacci sequence and, 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 in, and nature, beauty in nature, but I, I don't remember what they're called. Um, yeah. But... You guys should also take into account the look like Shanti sequence. Yeah. So if you use the Fibonacci sequence to generate uh, facial features, you're probably just going to get you're going to generate Shanti's face, which the good news is that's why the fact that all of his family looks identical means that also the females in his family are very attractive as well. It's just because they all look exactly the same. 
and it is the sort of exact parameters for for a face. Hey. All right. Let's go. <laughs> I I have gotten my daily confidence boost, if nothing else. I apologize to all the listeners for making this more about me than about you. Yeah. Got a little sidetracked. Every now and again you just have to. Yeah. Um, I would be I, I would be interested to see if anybody, you know, who does follow us on social media or anything, um, does this, uh, goes to this website, try it out, and uh um post your pictures in the comments or tag us or something. Cause I, I'd love to see um how it turns out. Cause uh any if anybody can beat Shanti, I'll be impressed. You know what we should do for the um for the photo for this episode on the website is put my uh golden ratio picture and yours and like split them i don't know in like one picture and then put it up there that'd oh yeah cool. just like in half down the middle of the face or something oh that'd be so cool yeah that might be pretty cool all right I'll, I'll see if i can make that happen that sounds very difficult and i'm not particularly skilled with the computerizing but i will try Perfect. <laughs> all right well, uh, I mean, I hope this was was interesting. I I I love this concept. I love the idea of um, how much we truly can define and understand with mathematics and science, despite what a lot of people think. Um, scientists really do uh, understand so much more than that it seems like, uh, and we can boil things down to to mathematics, which I think is just incredible. Um, but. So I had a lot of fun with this. I didn't have fun with the Shanti's face part. So I hope we never have to talk about that again. But I feel like it's probably going to come up again sometime. <laughs> just going to edit that whole part out of the episode. <laughs> just going to cut that section of the uh, <laughs> of the podcast. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I hope you, you guys enjoyed this. Shanti, I hope you enjoyed it. It was a good one. Um, I enjoyed it. All right. A well, lot. Yeah, if you like this, you know, follow us, um, subscribe, like us on whatever, rate, review us on whatever it is you listen to. Uh, just try and help us spread the podcast. You know, tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, tell your dog, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, just just help out, help spread. That's really all, I guess. Uh, what am I missing? This has been. Breaking bad science. Break, 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 break,